Welcome to Two Cents Worth. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Two Cents Worth. Today, we are talking about all things social media, branding, marketing, all the fun stuff. I'm really excited. And we have got quite the panel, let me tell you. So, of course, one of the things that we love about Toowoomba is that we have such incredible talent in our region. And we're really wanting to let people know what's out there because so often we can look online and, and look all around and miss what's right here under our noses, so to speak. So ladies, thank you for being here today. We are going to dive right in. We are talking today with experts in brand strategy, in copywriting, in personal branding, in all of the good stuff. I'm going to start by welcoming Jessica Ritchie. We've got, um, who is a um, personal branding expert. We have Latoya Coates and Heather Wood, Woodcroft, uh, Woodcraft, I'm sorry, from Flair Marketing. These ladies know their stuff, especially SEO. Can't wait to hear about that. We've got Lisa Manson from Crush Design Co. And M- Melinda Edwards, the Melinda Edits. Such a cute Instagram um, feed to check out. And Jemay Nel- Nelda, um, Social eBiz. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about copywriting with her as well. So, Let's get into it. Jessica Ritchie, I am I'm fangirling over here. I'm going to just have my coffee and, and get you to tell people exactly what you do and why they should come and check out your, your socials because of the pink. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Tamara, and hello, ladies. It's awesome to be in your company and have had our little pre-chat, which is nice. So I'm Jessica Ritchie. For the last 13 years, I've been helping create and work with some of Australia's leading and most recognised brands like Golden Circle, Tony Ferguson, Super Cheap Auto, BCF, Raise Outdoors, Gold Crush Cycles. Wow. Created a few online businesses for them as well. I love working with businesses, but when I had a... Um, when I felt like my world was crashing down, to be honest, a couple of years ago, I was told um, on national news um, incorrectly that my husband had been shot and killed. Oh, my God. Judy. And that's when it made me go, what do I really want to do? Like, what do I love? And, yes, I love marketing, but I love working with people and their own personal brand. So, I guess that made me step up and go, all right, I love working with businesses too, but how can I really tap into working with people directly and look at identity and transformation? So that's what made me um, be a, you know, pivot a little and go, all right, let's combine them both. And I'm a bit different because I'm a life coach as well as a business coach and a Reiki practitioner. So I just say what I do a little bit differently is I extract that energy and essence of a person or brand and then amplify that in their marketing and communication. Love that. And I think, Jessica, do you not agree that branding now regardless of what your business is regardless of what services or products or anything that you have people do business with people and how we present ourselves and how we communicate our message is incredibly important it's incredibly important and particularly during these times people want to know where their hard-earned dollar goes so they'll be checking out who the ceo is behind any brand to make sure that their values are aligning you know, with that leader as well as the business in general. So it's really important to understand what your personal brand is and how it might be being perceived. Mm. Now, we've got so many aspects to consider. Like my mind goes, right, I'm on a Zoom call. How will I present myself? I'm putting photographs up on my social media feeds. How do I present myself? What are some of the things people could, like let's say I'm a business owner and I've really never engaged anybody's services that can help me with this and I'm looking at my socials what should what could you give us a few tips where we could start sure so it is asking yourself that question well well who am I because I'm sure other the other ladies will talk about authenticity as well you know you want to bring across who you really are and some people are afraid of repelling people But that's just natural. We need to attract and repel people so that you're working with who you really love working with, doing the work that you like. So 
be your most authentic self, be transparent, show a bit of vulnerability, but try and have that balance, obviously, of, well, what is it that you do as a business and how can you help? But give them that insight and taste as to who you are as a person. Now, Melinda, the Melinda edit, you give the intro. Introduce Melinda for me. Yeah, I, I actually work in marketing in a, in a local business, um, but I also have like pretty much every one of us um, an Instagram account that I've sort of just used as a little bit of a hobby for myself. So, you know, I just started, um, I've vlogged in the past and I've really enjoyed that. And I just sort of took Instagram in a little bit of a way. Um, it was like a bit of a mini blog in a way. I sort of, that's how I was treating it. But you know, I think out there at the moment, there is a real, uh, you know, content trend towards, you know, being genuine and being, um, you know, more real and being the human, you know, behind your brand. Just, you know, as Jessica was saying, um, you know, I think people really engage with people who are people, you know, that's one of the whole reasons that we're on social media is that we want to connect with people and we want to have that, um, you know, sense of an online community and to engage with people. Mm. Um, you know, so I think people are really starting to recognise that and to, you know, to be that human behind your brand and talk a little bit about yourself and why you started your brand and why you love doing what you're doing and, and things like that. And I think through, you know, while my Instagram account is a personal account, um, you know, I find that whenever I'm more honest and open and real about what, it is that I might have been experiencing that day or and mostly it's about the kids because you know let's be honest they're a big focus in in my life so um you know I find that I get so much more engagement from you know other people in the community and other mums that I follow because I am being a little bit more honest and real about who who I who I am and what I've experienced and people connect in that way I find a lot more than you know something that is a lot more forced and, you know, I think, Melinda, it's really important. Like I, I also share a bit about our journey as parents uh, to six kids and our big family, and that actually started as a means to getting to know how social media works. Mm-hmm. And then I realised, actually, this is a beautiful legacy to leave for the kids. When moments come up, you can capture them. So you've got that practical aspect, but being visible doesn't mean you have to show the world every little bit of your life, you know, when we talk about curating things, it, it, it doesn't mean that it all has to be picture perfect, but there can be intention and meaning behind it. And I think we are drawn to storytelling. We are drawn to people because we're human. And at this time in the history, if ever before, that's that's being highlighted. So I definitely love that our own personal stories aren't, look at me, look at me. Our own personal stories being shared actually can create a lot of connection and um, and growth. So I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Do you think that you'll continue to use your um, your Instagram profile as more a personal thing? Do you think there's is it a good idea to have a separate one for a professional front? Yeah, I think, you know, with myself, I think I would definitely continue it as more personal thing. Um you know, I think if I were my own business, I would probably have my own, like my separate sort of business account. I'm sure the other ladies um, could comment on that as well and what they found sort of best. Because um, I think, you know, you are, you are right. Like I don't think it's about, you know, being completely um, open and 100% raw all of the time. You know, you can choose what, you know, you, you want to share about yourself. I think it's just you know, simple things like, um, you know, not showing, not not having like a 100% perfect image or, you know, an image that looks a certain way, for example, like it doesn't have to be like that. I think, you know, people respond more to um, something that they can relate to and it's, it is that little bit real. So, um, yeah, I think my advice would probably to have maybe have a separate one for your for your business um and for me certainly I think I would continue having mine as my own personal one now for sure now while I haven't introduced everybody officially yet ladies jump in right now what have you all found I'll just point you all out tell us do you have professional and personal and why because everybody will have different reasons here so Jessica back to you for a moment what what are your thoughts there uh for me because I I keep mine um, the same on Instagram. It's just Jessica Ritchie. 
and what you see is the combination of business and life but I operate as a personal brand so that's why I do that so you just what you see is what you get (laughs) Um, but then so obviously I'm different to the other ladies and what will work for them Um, plus I find I don't know if the other ladies feel the same but when you've got so many different ones and you're trying to segment it, then that means two or three different things you feel like you have to do and be in order to create content, you know, for that audience. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's whatever works for you and your business and how much time you've got and what your personal strategy is. But for me, I, I simply wouldn't be able to do, you know, numerous accounts um, with where I'm at. That's a really, really good point, Jessica. And I think that's where a lot of the time people might say, do this, do that. There may be the best option, but option two or three, if it's more, if it's something you can bring into your world and bring into your life practically, that's option one. You know what I mean? And that's my opinion anyway. So that's my two cents worth. Everyone will have their own strategy, whether they've got the business as well, as well as a personal brand. One, you know, people want to keep some private too, where no one can see anything. So it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. I find a lot of our clients won't care about my kids. <laughs> so there's no point. Like <laughs> my kids are amazing and hilarious to me oh, and my friends, but I just find my clients won't care. <laughs> For your line of work, for for the purpose that it's there for. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's just that's just (laughs) clients I'm working with. They just and I also like also I am a bit funny with my protecting my kids and all that kind of thing a bit too. And we have a few extras staying with us, so I like to just um yeah. So I'm pretty protective about my personal Instagram account. (laughs) I'm pretty ruthless about it. Um, but business, yeah. There's, there is a segmentation there, but it's more because I'm speaking to who am I talking to? Yeah, exactly. knowing your audience. What do you add to that, Heather? Um, yeah, I was just going to say it's about intention. So Flair is, is Latoya and I's little baby, so it's its own entity and it's its own um, kind of mix of both of us, whereas our personal accounts are obviously our own lives. So um, the intention for each of those accounts is very different. Um, and I think all of our clients are... I know they're all beautiful, amazing people and they will politely interest themselves in Latoya's children if they get a <laughs> chance, but that's not what they're, they're coming to the Flare account for. So and my Instagram account is just my dog and she's perfect and amazing and beautiful and everyone should love her, but that's not going to give any value to our business clients. So, gotcha. yeah, it's um, definitely the, the Flare account is a, a coming together of Latoya and I and it's equal parts of both of us in the best case scenario when I actually do some work and um, <laughs> individual accounts is just different. Kind of How about you, Lisa? Yeah, I'm the same. I actually have a personal and a um, business account for Crush and for the same reason, we've got a whole Brady Bunch of six kids and they all play sport and um, initially the Instagram account was set up. My parents live overseas and I've lived all over Australia. So it's really just to keep in touch with friends and family, whereas exactly what uh, Heather was saying, like the business account is an intentional account and sharing things that I think my clients are interested in and also showcasing their work as well. And um, so it's, it's very different um, audiences. And exactly what you said before, Tamara, it's what works for you. So I... I sort of um, work out where our clients are and I'll have different content on LinkedIn as to Instagram or Facebook and um, and I, I tend to use Facebook um, probably a lot less than Instagram because of its ease. Like, we, you know, we'll be at golf and I'll snap a photo of the kids and be able to share that or, um, or touch. And then the same for my work stuff. Um, Instagram is just really simple. So in terms of who the market is it also depends on your clients and um and where they're spending their time so what i would put on linkedin would be wildly different to what i'd share on instagram so mm-hmm. yeah but this but the same it's very it's very segmented for us because like latoya said my clients don't care about the kids um and i've got clients that follow both accounts but um they're primarily there because they want to grow their business they don't want to see my kids playing golf and touch and you know yeah that's a really good point. Jamae, how about you? 
unmute myself there. Um, uh, just recapping on what everyone else says, it's the intention there. I guess um, from a marketing point of view, it depends on um, the level of influence you want on your market. Um, I've actually been in this, uh, you know, personal or business and I've been stuck in that um, sort of mindset for quite a while. Do I do I work on my personal and integrate it or do I keep them completely separate? And I'm actually still rethinking that at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it really depends on, you know, the level of influence you want with, with in your business and the industry that you're in. And for some, it is a case of, you know, your personal life does integrate. Like I get a lot of people that request to be friends and then they become part of a funnel, really. They yeah. they filter in to my business page and to groups and into potential clients. So um, I think you need to sort of do, you know, a strategy session on whether, you know, you want your business to be part personal, you know, integrate with your personal so that you can sort of filter through, you know, those potential clients through your personal and then into your business. I love, this is a couple of years back, I remember hearing a lady speaking about her services um, that she, you know, she had online and she said, I'm not a tin of soup on the book, uh, on the grocery shelf. And what she meant by that was, People don't get to just come to me and say, I want your services. She says, we want to know if we're the right fit. You know, I'm I'm a person. Um, I have a passion for what I do and I want to make sure that I'm finding the right people. So I think you're you're talking in terms of really attracting the right people and having a great connection. Yeah, yeah. So, Jamaica, while we're on, on this, while we're chatting with you now, introduce yourself to us. Let us know a bit more about what you do. I know we really want to understand what copywriting is. When people say, the co- you know, your copy, what are we talking about here? So let us know what you do and then let's get into that. Okay, so I have uh, Social eBiz, which, and I'm basically a social media manager, content strategist and copywriter. So when we're talking about copywriting, and by the way, thank you for letting me talk about copywriting because I don't get a lot of that. It's more... Um, focused on social media management and all those sort of um, But it's important. It is 100% important because words are powerful and that's what copywriting is. Copywriting is writing words to create an action. So that's to sell something. So um, copywriting essentially is words that sell. Um, So when you are writing something with the intention to sell something or to change an opinion on something, that's copywriting. And you can Mm -hmm. find it anywhere. You can find it in your actual social media organic posting. You'll find it definitely in advertising, um, in your Facebook ads, Google ads, that sort of stuff, in publications, um, in a a range of different areas. Um, In blogs, you'll find copywriting in there as well. So that's, that's generally what copywriting is. It's to, to create an action and um, and one of those is to to sell to sell your stuff to sell your brand mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's pretty much copywriting in a sense and obviously right now there's a lot of noise going on um, on the internet and through your social media channels so finding the right technique and having the right copy within your marketing strategy will sort of get through the noise a little bit better and I suppose there are a lot of people whose businesses they are busy 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 just doing the business so by having somebody who can take care of the copywriting somebody who can manage the social media I know there are there is the school of thought that no 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 the social media management should come from the person so it is authentic but I think there is absolutely a time and a place for having somebody to manage social media if it means that the business can keep moving that's that's right yeah. And a lot of a lot of businesses they they do get stuck um, with you know what they're supposed to deliver and that sort of thing, or they will be delivering content or copy that they think is fantastic, mm. but um, they're not seeing it from a professional point of view or a customer's point of view. So mm. they need someone to sort of step in and go, well, you know, it was great, but here's how we can tweak it so it really drives some sort of emotional response with your customer. Now, how does um, Jamay, you can maybe answer this, but also Latoya and Heather here. How do how does it work with keywords? So if I'm writing copy, 
Mm-hmm. But the idea is really I'm wanting to, um, you know, I'm wanting to generate leads. Mm-hmm. How do keywords play a part in that? Can could you could you ladies? Yeah. So the girls will probably be able to explain that a little bit. So keywords. Um, they're generally, you know, what people are searching for on the internet. So you okay. you do need to do probably a bit of research when you maybe say if you're writing some SEO copy on your website. Hang on, just to clarify, SEO is search engine optimization. Okay. Um, so yeah, so keywords are generally you're trying to find those words that um, someone's going to jump on the internet and they're going to go how do I fix Zoom and uh, or how do I connect my Zoom call to Facebook <laughs> and boom, that's a keyword for you or keyword, long, long tail keywords that would be um, and then you create content around those keywords and um, I think the other girls will probably be able to talk about that a little bit more with their SEO Um but, yeah, generally with the copywriting side of it, yes, key, keywords, especially if you're doing SEO copywriting, keywords play an important role in that um, that copy. Um, but copywriting is also, you know, your little ads in, in the newspaper um, and it's more about, you know, the, the psychological um, background of, you know, what customers are, you know, going to click on, what, what, what was interesting and curious enough for them to go, ooh, I really want that. Does it solve a problem? That sort of thing. Are they, you know, are the benefits that you're you're trying to sell them in that copy, is it what they really want and what they need? Of course it is because you've, you've taken the time to really map that out and plan that out for those target audiences. And it's about whether they're moving away from pain, whether you're that solution or whether you're moving toward pleasure, you know, so yeah. and which one's going to be a great strategy there. So, Heather, can I jump over to you now? Let's Let's dive in a bit further here what did i say let's get real nerdy let's get real nerdy nerd me up seo what do you do at flare marketing and and no seo keywords i'm just confused can you just make it really simple for me i'll try i might might make you more confused but I'll, i'll try so search engine optimization is essentially um the most basic thing is where where your website comes up in the google search results um so the easiest way to think about it is from google's point of view they want to make sure that they're sending everyone that um types something into the search box to the most relevant website so search engine search i'm just gonna say seo it's too early in the morning for that seo is all about making sure that google thinks that your website is the most relevant for whatever is is typed in and there's a million different points in the algorithm that they use to to what they consider a website's relevancy for but there's a few kind of basic easiest ways to tell google hey my website is the answer for the question that this person's putting in um Keywords, super, super important. So keywords are, um, as Jamee said, the the words that people type in. So you want to make sure that you've used them in um, any content that you've written on your website. So how to discover your keywords is there's a, there's a couple of tools that I really love. Um, one of my favourite is called Answer the Public. Yes. It's an amazing website that I, I play with a lot. If you haven't um, come across that before, it's, it's a really good one to get an idea of what your customers are searching for and what they're typing in and, and maybe some some of those long tail uh, keywords that you mentioned, you know, thought about otherwise. Um, but the rule of thumb is any content on your website, write, write first for your customers and then write second for Google. So you don't want to cram so many keywords into your blogs and into your descriptions and into your, um, you know, your website that it becomes unreadable for your customers. So... Yeah, you really you want to focus on people first and then Google second. Mm. Um, Latoya, do you want to talk about content now that I've screamed through that? I was having a little bit of a yeah moment because Jamee and I were in high school English together. Um, so, yeah, centenary represent. Oh, uh, <laughs> and we actually are doing almost the same thing. <laughs> So, um, yeah, anyway, so um, I, yeah, I love telling this story and that's my favourite. So we've been talking about, you know, 
being authentic and connecting with people. And um, this is one of the best ways to be able to do it. Um, writing is just, yeah, one of the, I love it. And so copywriting and all that. Um, yes. So I guess, um, yeah, tying that in with SEO, it's always a bit of a balance of appeasing the algorithm gods and then also, um, yeah, relating and making it a relatable thing um, to who your audience is. Um, but yeah, fun balance. I love it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take over. <laughs> so I just want to really quickly run through the five things that we always tell our clients for SEO. This is the checklist that you should do. Um, the first one is regular updates for your website because Google doesn't know if your business is still in business unless they, when they, they kind of crawl through your website, something's changed and they go, oh, okay, cool, you've put some new images or you've done a new blog or whatever difference or change you've done to your website, Google goes, oh, good, they're still in business, I can still send people to them. So um, new blogs is a really awesome way to tick that creating content with lots of keywords and also updating your website so that it, it's still relevant. Um, the second most important thing is to make sure your website is mobile responsive more than half of all Google searches are on mobile these days. And so if it doesn't look good and respond and resize appropriately for a device, Google just won't, just won't send people there. So make different devices and that it always looks good and, and responds. Um, keywords we covered, links to other websites. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cheating. Um, backlinks used to be a massive, massive thing. It's not as heavily weighted these days, but it's still really important. Um, the best kind of idea for growing backlinks is to collaborate with other businesses. So if you create content with an affiliate business, then then they'll link to you. You can share to them and Google looks at that and it's this, this peer review process where they go, oh, this is a really highly ranked website that now links to your website. So then you get that little boost from that. So looking at collaborating is, is super important for your SEO. And then as Latoya said, finally, just speed. Just make sure your website loads fast. It's a a short attention span world and if it's um if people aren't getting their answers in a couple of seconds they're going to go to a competitor so those are those are the five seo nerd things that i always yeah, focus on thank you so much because they're they're practical they're things that we can just take and apply immediately and um yeah oh i love that now shane <clears throat> excuse me Yes. Shane is our one gentleman here today. So, you know, look, aren't you lucky? Look at these this bevy of beauties. A thorn amongst the roses. Yes, indeed. <laughs> no, that was, sorry, I'll just behave. Um, Careful. So many cheeky comments I could say right now. But, Careful. Um, <laughs> Shane, having worked in, like, so you're doing the podcast at the moment with Talking to Woomba and also having worked within radio, right? Am I correct? In a, in a related industry, yes, yes. Um, also been a mobile DJ, but also done a lot of other things as well. Yeah. So how do you find now as you're working on your podcast, um, have you given much thought before, like, is this interesting for you today or, or are yeah. you feeling really on top of all of this? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'd love to say I'm on top of it, but uh, there's, I don't know whether you noticed, but I was frantically writing down quite a few things while all the ladies have been chatting. <laughs> um, and I think uh, that there's, you can always improve. Um, I mean... We also, as part of uh, SJA Media, we we do websites. Uh, we we're, I'm a licensed drone operator, so I can do drone and video photography and that sort of thing. Um, but it's it's a case of when we've been talking, particularly to our clients that we've had over the last two years, in particular with websites, that the common thing we come across is, I just thought my website might need a bit of, you know, a bit of attention. And we go and have a look at it, and it was built back in 2016, and they haven't done a thing to it. Oh, no. And you think to yourself, and you wonder why you're perhaps not getting as many 
new clients as you should. So, mm. yeah, we're very much suggesting to people that, look, you know, you need to have it looked at and we suggest to people we actually offer a monthly package um, at, a, at a quite a reasonable price that's not, you know, out of the question. But it enables you to go in, make sure that the actual website itself and all the widgets and that sort of thing that are connected to it are updated and are the latest versions. So that obviously helps with your speed and obviously trying to put new content in there for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from the podcast point of view, that's sort of an area that's, that's growing exponentially here in Australia. Um, and I think businesses are starting to realise now that they can actually utilise the podcast as a selling tool for them um, with their business. So, yes, but it's been interesting to hear ladies talk about social media. Um, That's an area where, yes, I have a separate personal page, but because our business is sort of not one service, it's, it's a multitude of services, we've got one, well, we've got a Facebook page for Safe Droning Australia. We've got a Facebook page for Talking Toowoomba. We've got a Facebook page for SJA Media. We've got a Facebook page for the Adventures on the Road podcast. Mm. And that's a nightmare to try and and manage from our point of view completely on our own. So it's mm. it's it's interesting hearing the ladies talk about it and realise that perhaps that's the sort of thing you need to get some assistance with. And mm-hmm. I'd encourage people, uh, whether they've only got, and are fortunate enough to only have one to worry about, or whether you might have a couple as we do, um, it's worth obviously trying to do it yourself, yes, but I think you need to talk to some of these ladies or other people in the industry and get them to assist you from time to time just to keep that momentum going because you tend to get bogged down in just the day-to-day running of your business and you forget about the fact that social media could be doing a lot more for you than it currently may be. And look, I think too, Shane, and I think the ladies all um, vouch for me here, I have actually heard of people spending a lot of money on people who know their stuff and it pays dividends. So I don't think it's, uh, I think there are definitely times where making that investment, that's exactly what it is in, in your business. When you invest in these tools, um, when you invest in the right strategy, when you invest in the right people who can assist you, the professionals, uh, the money and the return that you're going to get back, the business that will come about. And what we were talking a little bit about earlier, it's not just the business, it's the quality of business. Who are you working with? Are you enjoying your work? Are you really, you know, finding that you're growing? And and I think that's really a, a big part of a big part of it all. Um, and the, uh, what do you ladies think? Have you found that in your own as you've, as you've put your strategies together, are you finding your, Lisa, I know that, I mean, I've watched you for quite a few years now, actually, and um, how have you found the evolving of the kind of client you have? Yeah, I definitely think it's um, targeting who you want to work with. And like you said before, um, Crush is exactly the same. We're not a tin of soup. So if you just want a logo, we're not the brand agency for you. We solely work with businesses who are interested in developing a strategy so that they can actually become profitable and get a real return on their investment. Mm. And it is an investment. Mm. Um, We're definitely not cheap and I don't apologise for that. We give results. Um, It's like getting a, you know, I, I was saying to Tamara the other day, it's like having a team run out on the field in these beautiful uniforms and they've got their polished boots and look spectacular and then the whistle blows and they've got no idea how to play and they don't work together and so without an actual strategy it's really really difficult to build your business um, and to be working towards something and and like Jessica was saying before um, having that um, like she's a personal brand strategist so she knows who her target market is if you don't know that then you can't actually build content towards that, which is sort of, you know, what we're all talking about today. And it comes back to being authentic. Um, You know, we build brands people love and that's by working on the strategy, figuring out, you know, what the business goals are. Um, And, yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, evolves um, 
through trial and error. So having, I'm sure we've all had the nightmare clients that you don't want to work with, um, but you don't discover who they are until you've kind of got through that. So um, yeah, we're, we're very much like that. We sort of like to work with a particular client who also wants to do the work. We're not a done for you service. We work collaboratively with the client to to build a brand that people love. Mm. Well said, well said. <laughs> Jessica, I'm really curious, have you found, as we wrap up today, um, have you found when you made that pivot, when you made that choice, right, I love working with people, you've brought in all of those skills that you have, your coaching and, um, and, and the other range of things that you mentioned, have you found that you are working now with the people you, you really love to work with? Most definitely. It was the best thing that I could have done was being true to myself because what I was finding, and I guess why I am multifaceted a bit with all these different offerings is like uh, Lisa was saying, you can create the most perfect brand, but why I actually went into the life coaching too, all of this was to help myself initially (laughs) because I had, you know, I was in, I felt like I'd completely sort of didn't know what I was doing anymore because of these life, you know, circumstances or experiences that had played out. So it made me just kind of really step back and go, well, who am I? Who am I? And I couldn't answer that question. And so then as I built these other skills that I've always wanted the confidence to do, but when I realised life was so short, I was like, stuff it, like go and do it. Who cares what people think or if it's a little bit woo-woo or something I don't care anymore. So um, so what I find is, and I refer out to several of these ladies and others locally and nationally, sometimes I do that pre-work before any of that marketing or branding because if that person is not, if they don't know who themselves are as a business leader or as a personal brand, you're not, it doesn't matter how beautiful the logo is or how good the strategy is. If your mindset's not right, if you don't know who you are as a person, eventually it kind of falls a little flat. So it's nice if you, particularly during these times, it's it can be really hard and I've had some really sad conversations with clients, you know, who can no longer, you know, afford to do the ballet lessons online and things like this because there's no income coming in. It's a great time to try and look within and go, right, what are some of the changes that I can make now? Just really gently, who am I and what is it that I really want to do? What are my strengths? Acknowledge your weaknesses as well because they can be your strengths too in showing that transparency Mm. and vulnerability. So I think it's a really great time if we kind of um, reframe it and go, well, you know, what can I do during these times so that once this is all over, I can be the best version of me so then business then can be its best version too. And I love this, Jess. I, I, I really feel as if you've got the you've got the two options here. People are like, go, 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 promote the business, get it all happening. The other side of it is go into hibernation, have that reflection. You have just lit my, my neural pathways up right now because for me as a mum of six, my goal down the track, I've actually done a whole lot of study these last couple of years with life coaching myself and, uh, and, and my passion to find, like when you were talking about the brand and the authenticity, I'm thinking how can you have a beautiful family life and a beautiful household? I mean, you can set up the house the bricks and mortar, but if you don't know who you are as a parent, you know, how do you really hit your stride there? So that's that's just in a nutshell. I was just getting excited because I'm like, that's right. that's what I'd love to do down the track. Yes. But I personally am a little bit in a time of, of, of um, growth as well there. So anyway, but enough about me. Now, ladies, we're going to wrap things up. I want to, oh, Shane has just given me a little secret message here. Hit it, Shane, what's your question? Oh, I didn't finish the thing. It says it may not be included in the episode. Good one, Tamara. That's all right. I've <laughs> Fortunately, I've paused the recording, so I'm one step ahead of you. Um, I have a question I want to throw to the, all the ladies, um, particularly because they're all sort of in slightly different areas of um, the industry as a whole. What's your thoughts on podcasts for a business as a tool? Can I start got, with 
Lisa, let's first, do podcasts please. and video too. Yes, yes, just podcasts and we'll wrap video. it up because you know, um, yeah, I know we've got to all get on with our day. Yeah, podcasts and video. How does that impact our our presence? I think they're a fantastic tool. Um, however, for me, so like the the past few weeks for me have been absolutely ridiculous. Like we are the polar opposite to a lot of businesses at the moment we've been absolutely smashed and so I'm finding all of these things that I would like are on my love to do list I just they just get pushed down and down and down because uh like I'm like tomorrow we've got a Brady Bunch so trying to fit that in with you know like having some facet of family life um it's it's just something I don't have time for um, however, that's why I did say yes to today. I'm in a mentor group with a, um, some designers in LA and the um, the challenge is to actually become more visible. I definitely hide behind my business. Um, so I, this is the first um, video live I've actually done. So well done. I think that deserves a round of applause. <laughs> that's awesome, Lisa. All righty, so let's, let's jump to Jamae. Yeah, podcast, definitely. As um, for myself, I don't have the time. It's definitely something I would love to incorporate in my business because obviously I'm a service-based business and there's a lot of information out there. So having an, and running a podcast would be very beneficial for my business down the track. With clients, if they can jump on to podcasts, it's a an, an extra asset for them to promote their business. Um, if depending on the business itself, they could potentially have a podcast, but it all sort of comes down to, you know, reaching those target markets for them and, you know, whether it's going to be beneficial for them. So we always sort of look to what um, our um, customer avatars are first before mm. we start delving into any of those extra um, areas and, and platforms. Melinda, okay. what do you think? Yeah, okay. Melinda, yes. I've got a little bit of noise here at the moment. Should we come back or we'll come back? Okay. Okay, so in that case, we'll jump to LaToya. Uh, um, I think we were talking about before about intention and I think that's always what it's going to be about is what your intention is and where you're investing your time um, because we could do everything you could you could be on every single platform and every single um yeah form of media um but unless it's actually hitting the right intention and who you want to reach um yeah you're just you're just wasting your time <laughs> like or not waste nothing's wasted but there's more wiser ways to use your time <laughs> absolutely and you know what latoya that's on uh, don't correct yourself there because it can be a waste of time. If it's impacting the family unit, if it's impacting your mental health, if it's impacting, um, you know, your enjoyment of what you're doing. And, um, yeah, don't apologise for that because I think um, that it's actually a really important thing to do. Are you enjoying the way? Where do you like to show up? Yeah. Like I love to show up. I've got a group at the moment and we're doing like we've got this tiny little group and we're sharing our, you know, isolation experience and I love it. Like we're nurturing, we're getting to know each other. I love to show up there. That is not work. That is like, yeah. oh, what are we doing today? So it's a, it's about finding that enjoyment and that that authenticity of what fits your brand, fits your business, fits your personality too. Heather. So for me with podcasts, I see it as a, a fantastic uh, means to an end. So um, not the, the, like the content I an awesome way to generate a whole bunch of information for people where it's easier to do this sort of talking and then you can get people to transcribe that into blogs, into tweets, into little snapshots of quotes of things like it, it's a, a really good way of generating a lot of your ideas and content quickly. But the other part of um, podcasts that I think is super valuable is connection because generally you, you meet with someone else and you bounce ideas off them and you learn from them and you get to, it's a really beautiful way to open the door and say, hey, I'd really love to connect with this person that I admire and you're amazing in your field and let's just chat about it. Whereas if you weren't doing a podcast, you don't have that that in, you don't have that opportunity. And it's, it's so exciting as a collaborative yes. tool. 
even if the podcast is never ever listened to any like by anyone you still get the value of that that person's time and their information and like that that part of it really excites me. I love that Heather and I love to like my mind as I said before like with Jessica like all I'm being lit up with ideas as you're all chatting and that's what's wonderful about whether it's a podcast or a an interview you see or a video even if you catch just five minutes of it, if you mm. don't watch all of it, but it sparks a new thought in you or inspires you, it's worth it. Melinda, you've moved rooms. Edith, what are your I thoughts? Have. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. So the trade is rocking up now. <laughs> it wasn't the best timing, but that's okay. <laughs> um, look, the joys of working from home, right? So, um, yeah, no, I, I love podcasts. I actually listen to um, quite a few personally as well. I like the ones that are more sort of like short and snappy, so like 15 sort of 20-minute ones because that's really all I can, you know, sort of fit within the day and I'm as I'm driving into town, for example, or, um, you know, even as I'm getting ready in the morning. So, like, I have it on my phone and listen to it. So I think they can be really, um, you know, valuable. Um, pieces of content I think it's just about making sure that um, you know whatever it is that you want to say is you know resonates with people and has that um, hook and you know because it, it takes a lot of effort right to sort of create something like this um, so I think just making sure that you've got that you know that you've got that idea or that content piece that might work for whoever it is that you're wanting to connect with and your audience so um, yeah, absolutely. And you know what, it's at the end of the day, if you just try and see how it, how it goes and, um, you know, see what sort of response you get and just go from there. That's, I'm so excited. Okay. So I'm just going to share this as well. So my husband and I, we're thinking of doing a podcast and we were like, what if we do them about seven minutes long? And we pack it with amazing information because for parents, you know, they can do the dishes, you know, and get something and finish it. They can be doing a, you know, can be putting makeup on and finish it. You can be making a bed and hopefully finish it. And if, you know, so I'm inspired. Ladies, this has been fun. And Shane, sorry. And I Shane. I, say I always poor Shane. Yeah. Yes. Um, Hit me, Jermaine. So um, a lot of leaders in marketing that I sort of follow, um, they have really simple strategies around the podcasts yeah. and other other forms of um, platforms. And what they do is they do either a live on Facebook, a structured live. Um or a webinar, and they will literally just take that webinar, put it into a podcast, put it on YouTube, yep. put it on your Facebook, One piece of content and then, yeah. yeah, but make it yeah, good. It See, this is the thing. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than going, oh, I'm keen, and then going, what is yeah. this rubbish? So make what you're doing good and, um, yeah, ladies, this has been fantastic. I must say the whole thing of social media and branding and all that, it just excites me. I think you're all fabulous. This is why we approached you. And thank you so much for your time. Toowoomba, look these ladies up. If you are not in Toowoomba, look these ladies up. These girls know their stuff and they are, you know, I think that's one of the things I love about Toowoomba is it's we're in a place that is unique. There's a real down-to-earthness about everybody here, I think, and um, it's just been really helpful and hopefully our listeners have enjoyed this. This is exactly what we're talking about. We're doing our Zoom recording, which will be turned into a podcast. Um, yes. Thank you so much, ladies. We are going to put all of the links in on our Facebook page and be sure that everybody knows where they can find you. Shane, do you have any final words? I do. First of all, I want to hear what Jessica's thoughts are. We miss poor old Jessica down the bottom, my bottom corner of my screen. Whether oh, she's yes. got any comments about podcasts? I think um, between the six or seven um, that they hit the nail on the head, but I, it is part of the content strategy if a client requires it with me is to think once, leverage often and make sure as um, the girls were saying, make sure the intention's there. Where are your audience, your clients, potential clients hanging out? What is it, you know, what are they requiring? What do they need? Do they need the seven-minute time slots? Are they more prepared to do the half an hour on a run to really get, you know, the whole, I guess, not running, you know, a bit more detail? <laughs> I heard you do hip-hop. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, it is. It's being very, really understanding who it is that you're targeting and what their needs are, but then balancing it with, well, what are your needs are too as an individual so that it's actually sustainable because it's all good and well to have these intentions. We'd all be loving to do our own podcasts and everything, but really it's like, well, am I going to show up consistently? Can I do it properly? And can I, you know, yeah, just show up and be visible all the time. So there's a lot of things to consider, but I think they're fantastic if they're done really well. Oh, my gosh. Ladies, I have to know all of your links. I need to be following all of you. Brilliant. So one final question. Thank you for your time, everybody, today. Oh, Shane. Sorry, one final question, and you can all answer at the same time by either giving a thumbs up or a thumb sideways and you're not sure, or thumbs down, no, you don't think it's a good idea. Should businesses be using podcasts as an advertising platform? Hmm. It depends. No, I think no. You think no. That's interesting. Yeah. I think use it to create content and um, and engagement and actually serve your clients. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, but in saying that, I don't advertise and I don't encourage my clients to advertise like marketing slightly different depending on again depending on their business model okay yeah I would I would say no to that as well um but having said that mine is um mostly Facebook advertising is where we'll put our money um but if there are podcasts that have their target market that are tapping into that every time they do it, then there is um, a level of advertising that is that can be sort of capitalised on there. I guess the opportunity to know, like, and trust people. And it depends who you are. Like um, if I put my old BCF super cheap auto hat on, you imagine if you've got this car show or camping podcast, it's so engaging, and then BCF comes on, you know, with a special offer just for that podcast That's it. I think it would be incredibly valuable both to the audience because you're actually offering something mm. to assist so it really it depends it all comes down to the strategy who you're talking mm. to what you've got to offer yep whether you're a service-based business you've got products there's a lot to go into it but I actually think it could be quite clever mm. depending on what you've got mm. to offer interesting thanks girls <laughs> Are we actually finishing up now? Yes, you can finish up now, Tamara. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot you're the boss. It was boss. a good question, though. That actually was a really relevant question, Shane, and I think it just gives people food for thought. So, um, yes. One more time, ladies. Thank you for your time. I am sorry that today we had technical difficulties and I um, I look forward to seeing you all again. Thank you. Thank you. Have your two cents worth. Join us next week. See you then.